If you like reading things and those things to be interesting, make sure you check out the TTR blog somewhere down below. And while you're at it, follow me on Twitter, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm posting there regularly now. So, yeah, let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the third episode of the Tired to Retired podcast, otherwise known as the TTR podcast. If you don't know me, my name is Christian Arazo. I'm an 18-year-old college student at FAU, and I help up-and-coming entrepreneurs achieve their goals through my free insights and inspiration. Today, we are going to be talking about subtle manipulation and why I think that should be normalized. Now, just to be clear, I'm not selling you anything. I have no ulterior motives. So once we're done with this, if you can, just please leave a review. It'll increase the likelihood of someone else listening to the podcast. Um, Hopefully we can build an audience and a community out here. So yeah, let's get into it. Now, I should put this as a huge disclaimer. If you're looking for someone to excuse you as you gaslight and emotionally manipulate your loved ones... Uh, Look somewhere else. Find another podcast for that. This is not it. (laughs) I'm talking about the literal definition of manipulation as in swaying someone's emotions in your favor. And it's really about networking and connections. And then how if you just appeal to people's inner narcissistic, narcissistic desires, you're pretty much golden. So yeah. So first, it's important that we put ourselves in the perspective of a newborn child. Let's picture a baby that's, say, like a month old. Let's hope that it was born into a loving household with two parents that are willing to serve their duty. And let's picture life from their perspective. Think about how their needs are filled. When they're hungry, they cry. When they shit themselves, they cry. When they want to be held, they cry. In just one year's time, they've went from not even existing to being where a point where because of their parents, every need that they could ever have is satisfied with just their mere sound. Now think about what this ingrains in the child. Obviously, it doesn't have the cognitive qualities to think about other people and other people's needs yet. So its view on the world is distorted into believing that it's all revolving around them. It's for this reason that children, and therefore the deepest part of ourselves, are narcissists. We are the superheroes of our own world, and the only two people that have authority over us are the very same people that feed into our God complexes. Now, this is a concept from the book The Denial of Death from Ernest Becker, and he delves more into childhood and and death and things like that. But today, I just want to focus on that and how you can use that narcissism to your advantage. Now, no matter what stage of your life you are at, I'm sure you know that just how important connections and networking are to your success. I plan on delving deeper into it in a future podcast episode, newsletter, but point is, they're important. We'll talk about that later. And across the internet, you're going to find a lot of like tips and tricks and scripts or DMs that you're going to send or say that people are going to tell you, this is how you make connections. This is how you do it the right way. This is how you network. All that is bullshit. I'm going to be honest. Now, I wouldn't say I'm the best in the world. I, I wouldn't say I have the greatest network of all time. However, I would say that I am pretty good at making connections. I'm pretty good at meeting people, talking to them, getting them to like me and, you know, establishing that connection. 
And the reason that I am good at these things is because I know one secret and I use that to my advantage. It's that all you motherfuckers are narcissists. <laughs> and it's okay. It's okay. I am too. We all are. But the point is everyone wants to feel heard. Because of what was ingrained in us as a child, we still have a lingering desire for the world to revolve around us. This desire is called the ego, and that ego is what gets validated or destroyed depending on, you know, things that happen throughout your life. This ego is something that we as humans generally should work to suppress. However, it doesn't mean that some people haven't done so well at that. And I was go as far as to say as that most people have a fragile ego. And like I like to say to people around me, the higher the ego, the lower the self-worth. Most people that you meet are going to be people that rely on validation, rely on feeling good about themselves when they talk to other people. And especially, especially if you're talking about other men, men get really overly masculine when they're around other men. They try to be you know and it's natural we're in a when we're in a group we want to be the sexiest most profound person we want others to think that they don't have it as bad as bad as us we want any glimpse or taste of that power we held over our parents as an infant we just want to feel heard and because of this you know conversations like i said mainly male to male they turn out to be just exchanges of power where the conversing is more performative and it's in pursuit of approval the perfect example of this is whenever you're talking to someone and you tend to get the inkling to talk about your achievements of how good your life is. You know, talk about yourself. You just want to talk about how your day is, what you have planned going on. Most of the time, if you do have those types of conversations, you come out of that conversation feeling pretty good. You feel good about yourself. You got, I don't know, serotonin, something going on in your brain. You feel like, man, I feel proud of myself. That right there, that feeling, what you're feeling right there that's the ego feeling satiated its desires have been filled but as we know other people don't tend to like these types of things and that's why when you have these types of conversations the other person usually comes out to like fuck damn he just talks all the time i don't want to talk to him again so what if there was a way to reverse engineer that what if there was a way to guide conversations in a manner that the per other participant party talks more and just rambles on honestly and at the end of it comes out of it feeling good and associates that good feeling with you and your conversation and the way this is done is literally just by listening more now i know subtle manipulation was like a i guess clickbaity title but it that's i guess what it is by definition but all it is is literally just listening more and asking more questions the reason it's manipulation is because you are preemptively going into conversations knowing full well that you remember the exchange of power I was talking about. You are going to give the other person that power. And by doing this, you are not only making them feel heard and comforted, you are leaving a positive impact on their ego and feeding that desire that dates back all the way to when they were literally just born. And if you are able to do this in enough conversations with enough people, you will find that the connections you make, the relationships you build, and the trust that is put on you is much higher than before when, you know, you wanted to steal the show. 
And so in our pursuits of making connections, of building a reputation, of finding a girlfriend, a soulmate, whatever it is, friends, you must realize that you have to put yourself in a position where you have to battle that person, that little voice inside of you that wants to talk, that wants to talk and take hold of the entire conversation. You have to fight back on the desire as much as you can and just ask questions about the person. And this is actually something that not only applies to, you know, making relationships, but it applies to most aspects of life when you're dealing with other people. Just satisfy their ego. Like with sales, you know, so many people when they're selling, they try to copy a script. They try to, you know, they want to do all the talking because they are under pressure and want to sell this product. They focus way too much on selling the product, on saying this is what's good, this is what it's going to do for you. They don't make time for just asking the prospect, the customer, how they feel, what's their troubles. And, and by doing that, by them describing their situation, if anything, you will have more of a gateway to talk about how this product satisfies those needs. And that was me going off on a tangent, but I'm serious. This is a pillar of human nature. It's a skill that you learn, practice, and it develops over time. And so the next time you're in a conversation, as I said, I want you to fight back on that urge to speak as much and ask questions and ask detailed questions. That's a crucial part about it. Ask questions about like little aspects about what people are saying when you meet them or in conversation. And it shows that you are listening and it, you know, it's, it's a little ego boost. So yeah, that's it. That's really all I had outlined for this week's podcast episode. It's, it's a short one, but now is where I can, you know, have the opportunity to bullshit about what I did this week. <laughs> now, this week has um, really been focused on two things. One, uh, social media brand and interviews, job interviews. I wanted a couple job interviews that actually pertain to the topic of this week's episode. Now, the interview that I'm talking about is, I'm not going to say the name, but it's basically a company that sells SaaS, which if you don't know, is software as a service for business owners, small business owners who want to get business credit in order to not potentially jeopardize their personal assets when, you know, covering the expenses of businesses. In simpler terms, let's say John Doe has a business and John wants to take out money, borrow money in order to buy some new machinery or whatever. In order to do that, he wants to build up, he wants to take out business credit, credit that is only jeopardizing his business, only collateralizing his business and not his personal assets, not his house or his car. Maybe the, there's some fallacies in what I just said, but that, that's what I grasped of it. Anyways, I went on an interview with them. <laughs> I think the interview was last Monday. I, you know, cleared out my calendar in order to have it. I tried to get some good sleep. I went on a walk outside. I had a nice shower, had a good breakfast, something where I could really prepare and, you know, really put myself in a good mindset to, you know, kill this interview. I practiced interview questions. I, well, not interview questions. I prepared questions to ask the interviewer. I did all these sorts of things. And what happened was when I sat down with my button down and my suit looking like a real tryhard, it was a Zoom interview. I went and the first question he asked me was, what was my understanding of the position? 
Now, he said this because in the email for the interview, he actually attached the video and stuff that I was supposed to watch about, you know, the position, about the company, and about, like, certain stuff like that. And it was funny because this is where I was like, oh, my fucking God, I completely forgot that I was supposed to fucking research the position and understand what was going on. So I initially was like just like oh shit literally as he was asking the question i i minimized the window i went to the email trying to see if i could get any information in the 10 seconds that he was asking the question and i couldn't and he asked me what i what i understood about the position i literally just bullshitted i was I I don't even know. I literally just bullshitted. I don't even remember what I said. And he was like, listen, listen, before you continue, this is what like a real slap in the face. He said, before you continue, you're not ready. And then that's where I was like, you know what? It clicked. And I said, you know what? You're right. I'm not going to bullshit you. I didn't prepare for this interview. I prepared for me to talk about myself. I did not prepare in terms of researching the position. And yeah, and he was saying, And because of that, because I was just brutally honest and because I, you know, didn't bullshit, he he was like, okay, you know what, I'll give you a second chance and I'll let you reschedule the interview. And he did. And this time I actually did, you know, put some work into um, knowing about the position and what it does. And the second interview came, it was on Thursday. No, it was on Wednesday. It was on Wednesday. And I killed it. I I actually, I, I, I killed it. He really loved me. And one of the things that he said was that this position, you need to be coachable. And the fact when I initially started bullshitting him, he, he remembers saying in his head, don't bullshit me, kid. And when I decided to then not, you know, just lie my way out of things, he said he recognized that I was coachable. And that was that was nice. But yeah, that that was a very valuable lesson for me. I was telling my girlfriend when it initially happened, when he told me I wasn't ready and he told me to reschedule, I was like, damn, like that was a slap in the face. That was the exact slap in the face that I needed. If anything, to remind myself of what this very episode is talking about, of just to listen more and to not always prepare to satiate my own ego, but, you know, see what I can provide for others. And so, yeah, that was that was a pretty good. Um, it, it, it ended up turning into a good experience, something that I learned from. And I'm proud of myself for doing that. Other than that, I had a couple other interviews. I killed those, though. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what position I take. Um, in terms of that, other than that, other than, like, the job hunt, because um, I'm currently unemployed, I've also been putting a lot of effort into building my Twitter brand. I've been making threads and stuff like that, trying to learn more about like what to really say, what to really do. I've been making threads on, I made a couple of threads that I liked on, oh, actually I made a really good one. Um, I, I'm, I've mentioned him in the past, but one of my favorite creator right now, he's someone called Alex Ramosi. I don't know if you've heard of him on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube, but yeah, he's just such an inspiring uh, creator. He's helped he's helped me with so much knowledge now that and he has such a trusted audience. He has no a trustful audience that 
I wanted to analyze his brand and I have before and I've done it with my girlfriend privately. I was like, hold up, let me, let me, let me turn this into something that like other people can benefit from. So I, I posted a thread. It took me like a couple of days at least to do it, to, to come up with it and to make it. And uh, it was a thread called analyzing the Herm- Alex Hermosi brand. And I'm proud of that one because I, you know, I made a difficult concept like brand growth and I kind of condensed it down into like digestible pieces of information. So if you can check that out, it's on my Twitter. I also made it into an article on LinkedIn, uh, stuff like that. But yeah, and this week has also been a lot about trying to see what business I'm going to make, man. Uh, I think the obvious easy one to do is like a fitness one because I don't think many people have the story that I have of losing a hundred pounds. And, you know, I feel like if I sold that, then that would be much like I would have bought that because I, I, I never would have bought a program when it's this fucking guy with six pack with a six pack and baby oil. And he's been in shape his whole life. I feel like someone that has been in an, a person who's overweight, been in their position and gone from that, I think that's a lot more like convincing. So we'll see. But this is another thing that hopefully helps you. If you're trying to find a market, it, this is if you're trying to start your own business, if you're trying to find a market, like somewhere to sell, what can you sell? Uh, something that I've been doing, well, something that I did was I basically took a sheet of paper, I took a pen and I wrote down, what am I good at? And I wrote down literally everything that I'm good at. And specifics, like for fitness, I'm good at tracking calories. I'm good at uh, exercising. I'm good at accountability. For finance, I'm good at investing, credit, things like that. I just wrote down everything that I'm good at. And I'm trying to see if there's a specific problem that I can solve for people. Because that's really businesses are. It's solving people's problems. It's diminishing the amount of time people spend on things. It's it's things like that. But yeah. Um, it's, it's a long search, but I'm confident that I will find it. And when I do find it, I am going to double down on it. And I'm so excited to document it on this podcast and just, you know, document everything that I learned. I want to come back in this, to this in 10 years and listen to something and know that I've made substantial growth, but yeah. And if any one of you are thinking about, you know, starting to tweet things, I know it's kind of odd, but it's insane the amount of money that people are making just by tweeting things on Twitter and uh, LinkedIn brands. Honestly, I would say just repurpose content. You know, let me let me let me do a little. Let me let me give like a, a, a pretty much a summary of what I've learned about over time of you know in terms of building it. I think with ChatGPT has kind of taken over and it's made a lot of Twitter people sound very. Disingenuous. It makes people sound, you know. It makes it's. It makes everyone sound like fucking artificial intelligence. You know, it makes everyone sound like uh, fucking ChatGPT. So, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna start tweeting in order to build your brand, and I'll talk about you know why that's helpful and why that makes you a ton of money in the future. But in case you already are in the position where you want to make that decision, I I'd say be authentic. 
really tell stories that pertain to you i i i i've tried getting my mom to start tweeting and she has but she's literally just been tweeting like shit that she looks up on google five minutes beforehand i'm like no mom like tweet things that you like are special to you because that's what people pay attention to that's what people attention is the new oil and if you can get anyone can just search something on google but what's authentic to you what's different to you that's what you have to post and that's why i've been doing threads like the i made a thread on you know my journey losing 100 pounds i made uh, the alex or brand because that's something that's authentic no one i've never i haven't seen anyone else tweet that um i'm gonna this week i'm gonna be making a thread on um it's called like uh, why pay thousands for a fitness program. Here's the the five things that I did to lose a hundred pounds. Like you know what I'm saying, like things like that. Um, so yeah, uh, and this is of course if you're a writer, everyone has their own right to express themselves how they want to creatively. But in any case, if you're going to start a Twitter brand, just remember to be authentic and definitely repurpose your content on LinkedIn. Literally just post the same thing or edit a few words and post it on LinkedIn. You got to be doing that. You got to repurpose your content. And also, also your tweets, when the your highest performing ones, uh, retweet them like a couple hours later, a couple days later. And also tweets that are like really old, just reword them and tweet them like a couple weeks later. And like these are all things that I've been learning, but pretty useful. I'm also a couple things that I'm thinking about doing. If you're listening to this now, uh, do me a favor, leave a review. And when you leave that review, let me know if you would be interested in a sort of like credit 101 like PDF, like literally just like a free PDF that I'll, I'll just attach it in my newsletter or whatever that, you know, if you're a college student and you don't really know what credit is and how to build it, I've been building my credit. I have a pretty decent credit. It's over 700. And the only reason it's not higher is because, you know, I haven't had credit for a long time because I'm still only 18. So if you want to know how it works and how to build it up, this is like free knowledge, but I could just put it all into one document for you if you'd like. So let me know if you'd be interested. I'm also been thinking about like different things like um, Notion. I don't know if anyone of you know, like the Notion app. It's like a productivity app, I guess. It's like literally like a sandbox kind of thing. Like maybe making like a template of sort of like people do things where they, they like make like, little platforms where you can like organize your stuff. I was thinking about making one and, and maybe like giving it away for free or like selling it for like 99 cents. Um, but yeah, who knows? Uh, we'll see. This is kind of where my head is at in terms of my entrepreneur journey, entrepreneurial journey. So we'll see how it is next week. We'll see how it is in a month and a year and 10 years. And yeah, uh, I just want to thank you all for listening to the third episode of the tired to Repod- tired to attack podcast. Um, and yeah, as I said, if you can, I don't know if I've said it yet. The only thing that I ask, this is completely free. This is the only thing that I ask is if you can just please leave a review. That's it increases the probability of, you know, me, of other people listening to this. And that's really all I want. I just want to build it out. I just want to help as many people as I can. So yeah, uh, just leave a review. And with that being said, like I said before, uh, check out the TTR blog below and while you're there check, follow me on Twitter connect with me on LinkedIn yeah I'll see you guys next week